What up, what up, what up, what up, everyone? This is the Dr. Football Podcast. My name is Dr. Dennis Tien. I'm a real doctor, but we're not talking medicine. We are talking about the New England Patriots and the NFL as always. I'm joined by my main man, the CEO of Hedge Better Technologies, LLC, Justin Fine. Justin, my man, what is going on? What is the good word, my friend? Tough to find some good words after after yesterday, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just it's just again another disappointing game where the Patriots, sh- you know, in all likelihood should have won. They should have been able to win, and they just you know you blow it at the last second. Um, well, no, if you listen to like the local sports media since since the last day, it's it's it, all sunshine and yeah, lollipops. no, it's, it's a moral victory for everybody. It's but a moral victory. No, it's but, like. We don't. We, we, I was just gonna say we don't. We don't accept moral victories around here in New England. You know, we're not. We're not the Jets. We're. We don't. We don't totally. take more moral victories. So well, you've stumbled. You've stumbled upon the first topic, Justin. So we got a lot to get into. There was. There was a, another great Sunday. I don't know if there is such thing as a bad Sunday in the NFL, but there was definitely plenty to get into and plenty to get into coming out of Green Bay. So we're gonna go through all of it. We've got a great roster of topics. Great episode planned. Um, let's get right to it, Justin. In this franchise in the course of two and a half years has gone from Super Bowl victories. They were in the AFC championship game like eight consecutive years, right? Now, 38 games later, two plus seasons later, we have gone from contending for Super Bowls to patting ourselves on the back and hugging each other over moral victories. I cannot for the life of me, believe the state of this franchise. If I go back to where I was when Brady walked out that door two and a half years ago, and it was going to be Belichick and a new regime, so to speak, or a new collection of players on the field, I had so much confidence that this team and this dynasty was going to continue because of the weight and the will and the expertise and the brilliance of Bill Belichick as a coach. That's how much confidence I had in the program, the Patriot way, the system. And if we could just take a step back and look at the big picture right now, this team is a mediocre team. And I am just so profoundly disappointed in, 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 in what has become of the Patriot way. You don't hear that phrase very much anymore, do you? The Patriot way, right? Because now we're seeing, you know, there was maybe had a lot to do with a certain guy who's down in Tampa Bay right now. But Justin, let's get bringing it back to the game yesterday. How satisfied are you with, with the moral victory that, that a lot of people are claiming for, from yesterday's loss in Green Bay? I mean, look, I'm happy that our defense played fairly well for the majority of that game and kept us in it. I'm happy that, you know, our young fourth-round draft pick was able to step in and actually looked pretty good and pretty competent, and I'm sure we're going to talk plenty about him today. Um, but, but I'm you know, I'm that's not enough for me. It's not enough to say, oh, there were positive things to, to hang our hats on. I mean, at the end of the day, we're now 1-3. We're last place in the AFC East, right? The Jets are ahead of us now. Um, yep. Two-2 you know two versus 1-3. It, it, it's huge. And, you know, what? It, and again – I, I almost, you know, the, the competitive part of me almost like would rather us 
lose definitively. You know what? I, I, I just, I hate the idea that we keep coming so close and we're like blowing it on our, and, and it seems like there's nobody else to blame but us. If we were just not as good of a team as these other teams and we weren't capable of playing in, in competing with them, I think it would be easier for me to accept. But I see that we're competing. I see the positives each week. And, you know, I I see the ability to go out there and win games. And this is a team that could very easily be three and one as opposed to one and three. So it, it's just real difficult to swallow. It is. But, Justin, I think that this is not something that just happened for the first time yesterday. This has really been a three-year trend with this team. And, and even, honestly, you go back to the second half of 2019 and, and they had a hard time. Um, closing out games in close and competitive games back then. But really, there's a pretty significant body of work over the last three years. We've hit highs and lows. We've talked about on the past on the podcast, like, has this team developed a losing culture? Um, you know, there have been ebbs and flows in that over the last three years. But if you take a look at the totality of the 38 games since Brady left this franchise, they seem to really have a difficult time winning close games and it, it feels like these kind of games that they would have won in the past they now lose and i think a perfect example is actually not only yesterday but also last week's game against baltimore where this team has a 20 to 14 lead in the third quarter at home they don't lose games like that in the brady era but now they lose games like that routinely Again yesterday, they had a lead two times in the third quarter, couldn't hold on to it. Those are the games that this team, the Patriot way, if you will, was closing those games up. And, and for whatever reason, they no longer do it. They are, they are no longer. I mean, you say this is if this was just another team, you could accept it. I got news for you, man. This is just another team, I think. I really think that this is a, this is a middling, mediocre franchise if you take the totality of the 38 games the last two plus years, that's exactly what they are. A middling franchise. They're not a real contender. They, they could become one, but they're not one now and they're nowhere near one right now. Um, this is mediocrity. That's what it is. And that's what they are. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I don't, I don't think by any means that this is, um, you know, a franchise with the potential to go out there and compete for a Super Bowl right now. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's mediocrity, but, it's what's the I get what's what's a good way to put it? It's mediocrity, but it's I feel like there's there's a lot of underperforming. You know what I mean? Like they're they're middling the road team, but they just keep finding ways to to shoot themselves in the foot. And like you're waiting for it to bounce, you know, for the for the 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 coin to to flip in the other side. Like you're waiting for this team to finally have a tough game that they come out on top. Um, and you know what? It's not going to be satisfying to see that happen against a Jets team or a Lions team. Like I want to see it against a Ravens, a Packers, uh, you know, etc. Um, so, you know, they, they've had some good opportunities to compete and win some games that they really needed to win. Uh, they obviously have not done that, and now you know it's very tough to see a future in 2022 that this team. Um, has something to play for, you know, come December, like we always talk about, right? See, I, I disagree with that second point too, because, you know, look, I, I, I think, I, like I said, I think they're a mediocre franchise. And I think if you look across the league, this is really what has happened to most teams and most franchises from year to year when they don't have Tom Brady on their roster. I mean, these games are super competitive. They're generally close. 
Um, you know, the league is designed for parity. The difference on any given Sunday between most teams is pretty small. And it really does come down to a few plays. And you either make those plays or you don't. But when you have a player, an asset on your franchise like Tom Brady, then, you you know, you have a huge advantage because he makes a couple plays a game that give you that edge. And I think that really now in the absence of Brady, what you're seeing is that it's kind of a flip of the coin and maybe a little less. And that this, there's really nothing distinguishing or remarkable about this franchise. I hope I'm wrong about that, but that's really how that's, that's a two plus season body of data that we have to go on that. However, all that said, they're one in three. I do feel like they're still heading in the right direction. I'm not taking a moral victory out of, the game and it sounds like you aren't either because there are no moral victories but i do think there are building blocks and i'm going to tell you something you look at the schedule of this team there aren't many there aren't many games left short of the two games against buffalo where i would say this team has no prayer they're going to be in every single one of these games and if they can make the plays that they have to make and continue to improve i still think they have a chance to make the playoffs i would not be surprised if this team has a year similar to last year where they where they where they make a little playoff run i mean if only because their schedule is so damn mediocre and it's going to give them the opportunity to crawl back into this thing potentially right because look when we look at the schedule in you know this is kind of the first year where i would really say there are not too many give me you know give me teams in the NFL. Like we were always able to say, you know, in the past few years, you could count on the Lions to pretty much be an easy win. You could count on teams like the Bears to pretty much be an easy win. You kind of you could count on hopefully if not a sweep of the Jets during the season, you know, at least splitting one and one. Um the Jaguars, right? Another team that you would you could count on for an easy win. And you could look, you could make you know, and that's what they did last year. They they made some games up in their schedule, um, you know, against some of their easier opponents. They started winning some more of those 50-50 games. They would have crawled their way back in, but they don't have any give me games on their schedule, right? Like every team has shown that they can compete. You know, the Jets. That's the, true. That's so, true. So I think I think that's where that's where this year this could catch up to them is that, you know, how they don't have any easy games. They're gonna be battling at week in and week out. Would you be out. surprised if they lost a game to the Jets? Of course not. Right? Not at or all. Not at all. Or the Bears. Would you be surprised if you picked the Bears to be the worst team in the league? Yeah. And uh, I don't think even though they're two and two, I don't think you're that far off just from looking at them. Right. I think they just caught some good competition, a few breaks. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they came in here and won. And, and I think as you're alluding to, look, it's a two-way street. There aren't many te- games left on the schedule where I would say the Patriots have no chance in that game. You know, I, I mean, teams like Arizona, Cincinnati, Minnesota, those are beatable teams. But the other side of the coin is absolutely true like there is not one game on this on this roster on the on the schedule right now that i would look at them and say that that's an automatic win including this week against the lions like there there is there is no gimmies when you're when you're a middling team and you're playing against middling teams these games are exactly what 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 um what they look like. And that is a flip of the coin. And that's where this franchise is right now. So let me ask you, because I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, but are you with me, like big picture wise, step back, aren't you just super disappointed that three years into this post Brady era, you know, the Patriot way and the Belichick way. And aren't you just, aren't you just so shocked and, and, and like, I mean, I'm, I'm beyond I did, that, that, that those things really didn't hold water. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm a little beyond shocked to be completely honest. Like I 
I didn't expect us to, you know, bounce back right away and, you know, immediately start com- uh, contending for Super Bowls again. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I, I realized that it was obviously going to be somewhat of a rebuild in New England, right? But I thought that we had the right coaching staff, the right head coach, the right culture in place to uh, get this rebuild done as efficiently, um, you know, as quickly and as successfully as possible. And now you you really have to wonder. And I think I think you're you're, you're in the same boat, right? It's like, you know, I expected three years out from now to be back, you know, uh, contending for a division, potentially, you know, uh, getting ready to make a run in the playoffs, like looking at a team that, uh, that was, you know, ready to compete. Uh, but we don't have that. And it's really, really frustrating, especially when so much of it seems to fall back, um, onto coaching. And you know what, it just, it's, it's crazy because for over two decades, we sat here and we watched the duo of Belichick and Brady. And, you know, there was always that debate of who was more responsible, were they equally responsible, you know. But I don't think anybody thought that it was this lopsided, right? Like, even the people who maybe said that, oh, Brady had, you know, was more responsible for our success than Belichick, I don't think any of us or anybody that said that um, thought that it would be this kind of, you know. Just, a- absolutely You know, not. it's, it's no, crazy. Nobody Nobody thought it was this lopsided. Like, I mean, you, you know, we have to, it's hard to, to real, to remember this, but three years ago, we all, a lot of us would have argued this was more about Belichick than Brady. And, right. and now that just seems like t- totally ridiculous based on, based on what's happened. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like, it's like when you find out that there's no Santa or Easter bunny yeah. or something, you know, it's, 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 uh, and I have to make sure I don't let my kids listen to this now, but like, <laughs> you know, but like, but like, it's, it's like, you know, you know, you, 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 you find out, that, you know, that the emperor has no clothes and that's, and that's really what, um, what this whole situation is, um, with, with, with Belichick, it's like, Oh my God. And I think the worst part of the last four weeks, Justin, and then we're going to move into talking about the game here today, uh, in a second, but, um, the worst part of the last four weeks for me has been, I was hopeful with the drafting of Mac Jones and, and, and what they did last year, that this franchise was heading in the right direction. And from what I've seen through the preseason, you know, Matt Patricia, that fiasco, that dunce of a coach and what he's doing to this franchise. And, and what I've seen in these first four games, I am no longer confident that this franchise is even heading in the right direction. In fact, they may be worse this year. They well could be worse this year than they were Last year, they might be heading in the wrong direction. My confidence level that Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback has gone down, not up in the first four weeks. Hopefully that will change. Okay, my confidence level that the franchise is moving in the right way has gone down and not up in the last month. So are you, how confident are you that this franchise is even headed in the right direction? I'm, I'm, I'm way way less confident than I, than I was that we're heading in the right direction. And I, you know, again, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about him, um, coming up, but one of the reasons why I'm now less confident, and again, I'm pretty sure we started last year one and three as well. Right. Or was that, we we are right. We were one and three last year. Right. Okay. So, you know, we're in the same, technically record wise, we're in the same boat as last year. Right. However, and I actually think our defense is a little better this year than it was last year. Um, but I'm less confident and why am I less confident? Because of something that we started to talk about a little bit last week, 
And, you know, I don't want to overreact or buy into the hype and jump in the media frenzy that, you know, we're, we're seeing right now um, after the game yesterday with, with, with Bailey Zappi coming in and, and, and playing very well, I think, and, and I, I think above everyone's expectations. I'm starting to doubt whether we have the cornerstone quarterback. And I think that is why I'm less confident because I see things about the Patriots that I like. I like some of their uh, some of their rookies and, and some of the guys they've brought in. Uh, you know, I think their defense is getting better, etc. Um, but I'm starting to feel less and less confident that we have the next franchise quarterback, and that is what's really uh, moving the needle for me in terms of being less confident that we're heading in the right direction as a friend. Yeah, exactly. And like, look, I was, I'm a bigger proponent as Mac Jones, Mac Jones as anyone. And I'm not giving up hope that he is that person because you know, like they're going to hit peaks and valleys. You can look at Brady at the start of his career. He hit highs and lows. Every great player has, but he's on a low right now. Nothing that happened yesterday. And we're, we're going to get into this Billy Zapp thing makes me feel like late, less confident in Mac Jones. Like that didn't move the needle for me, what Bailey Zapp did yesterday. Cause I, I wasn't as impressed as some people were about what he did yesterday. But I just think based on what I've seen the first three weeks, I totally agree. The needle is moving the wrong way on Mac Jones and hopefully the ship will get righted in the coming weeks. Um, and, and, and we will, and we will be able to, to feel better about that because the, getting a franchise quarterback is critical towards towards the future of this franchise and if mac jones turns out to not be the guy i got news for you bailey zapp probably isn't the guy either i know i know that everyone's all gaga and starry-eyed over yesterday to me that was not a super impressive performance i mean it's possible that someone can exceed expectations and still not perform well those aren't mutually exclusive and and that's exactly what happened with zappy yesterday um expectations were low and he did a few things but but i didn't think that was anything special but well, let's get into Zappy. But before I do, Justin, I just want to leave with one, one more point about this big picture franchise issue. And I find it very frightening. And if you look at Bill Belichick's record when he was with Cleveland, pre-Brady, right? And his coaching winning percentage as a coach before he drafted Tom Brady, before Brady played the first year in New England and the five years in Cleveland. And you look at his record, the last 38 games um, as, as the head coach of the New England Patriots without Brady, they're kind of frighteningly similar. Right. Like, like he's kind of, he was a sub 500 coach before Brady. And now he's been a sub 500 coach for almost three years, two years plus after Brady. So I'm hoping that there's, there's, there's some grand scheme here. And a lot of these players work out Mac develops and he writes the ship. But, but I think that I have major, major doubts about, about that this direction franchise is even headed in the right direction. And, and, And I have to say, you know, I think Belichick's an all-time great, but but right now I have major doubts about about you know what he whether he where he's leading this franchise right now and how impactful you know how capable he's going to be to bring it back is I guess what I'm saying. All right, let's let's talk a little about Bailey Zap, Justin. It sounds like we have a little bit of different takes on how Zap did yesterday. To me, I look at that performance yesterday. He definitely exceeded expectations. He's a rookie, third-string quarterback coming in. Um, I didn't expect much. Um, he didn't make any major mistakes. He did make a couple plays. And I thought overall, that was a very successful first start for Bailey Zapp. But what I would encourage people to re- remember and consider is that he was they were very limited in what they could and couldn't do with him. Right. They really had to pick their spots with him. Uh, I don't think he made any 
like terrific plays or throws. He, he made a couple nice throws, took what was there. He took a couple horrible sacks. Um, I think he only threw the ball 15 times. He only threw for 99 yards, six yards per attempt or so average, which is, which is nothing special. And, and quite honestly, um, I, I just thought that, you know, he was a very limited player and, and they did a good job of working around that. He did a good job of, of working around that, but I saw nothing yesterday that made me feel like he could be anything but a capable backup. Um, it was a good start and, and, and maybe he'll build on that if he gets another opportunity. But <clears throat> I mean, for, for people that are suggesting that they should replace Mac Jones with him, I, I think that's insanity. I mean, if Mac, plays and doesn't turn the ball over two or three times they win that game yesterday they needed the thing they lacked yesterday that they really needed was a little bit of a passing game and if they really had any reliable passing game they win that game zap really couldn't give that to them even though he exceeded expectations i i wasn't i wasn't i didn't think he was he was the force that some people are trying to make it sound like he was well no i i i do think some of the hype is overblown right and i'm not trying to say that oh you know get rid of Mac. This is the next best thing. You know, we got a new franchise. Quote. I'm, not, I'm not trying to say any of that. I just think that a combination of a few things you look at, uh, you look at his trajectory, right? You know, they, they talked a lot about during the broadcast in college, um, in how, you know, from his junior college experience to when he went to Western Kentucky, he set all sorts of records. He absolutely lit it on fire. Um, you know, you have his old college coach saying things like he's going to come take the job from Mac Jones, yada, yada. And not, not only that, but, you know, he's he's supposed to be considered as a dual threat quarterback, right? He's supposed to be mobile and um, be able to use his legs. So there's there was, there was you know, there's a lot of talk about his potential and his raw ability. Then he goes into a game that he wasn't ex- even expecting probably to play, let alone, you know, play the majority of the game. And while he wasn't overly impressive, he also didn't crap all over himself um and just completely you know ruin their chances of of winning winning the game now the play calling and you know to your point that that they were limited with him in there you know you wonder just you know were they being overly conservative you know could they have kind of asked him to try to do a little more and were they wrong for not trying to ask him to do a little more because i mean ultimately you played it conservative in you lost the game anyway, right? So should they have maybe tried to let him, um, you know, do a little bit more and, and, and see what happened? You know, I don't know. I just think that there is, there was there was potential, that he has potential, he showed potential. And, um, you know, it's almost like the fact, it's not so much that I'm praising him for doing a great job. It's more so that I'm praising him for not coming in and doing what a lot of rookie third string quarterbacks would have done. I, I totally, totally agree agree with that. And I mean, like you said, like he, he probably didn't get a lot of reps in training camp, preseason, you know, with the starters. So I, I give him a lot of credit for not melting down and crumbling. I think it's a huge positive. And I'm not closing the door. I mean, he he's got like a he's got like a Doug Flutie type thing, you know, going on. I don't know. He's kind of short, quick, mobile, you know, see, you know, I throws the ball. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not like I'm saying he can't develop into something, but I think, I think what I would say that what I would say from yesterday, which you can say for sure is that he handled the pressure. Well, uh, he didn't melt down. Um, he, he was composed. He was poised. He didn't make a huge mistake. I think those are building blocks. And I think that, you know, if nothing else, I think you can feel pretty good about one of the things we've talked about several times going back to the offseason and throughout the preseason is what's going to happen 
with a backup quarterback situation on this team, I think you can feel pretty good about Bailey Zapp as a backup quarterback, if nothing else. Can he turn into something else? I don't know. I'm not rushing to throw Max Jones out to the Wolves based on a 10 for 15, 99 yard, one touchdown performance where, where they were really restricted, frankly, by Bailey Zapp. I mean, they, 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 they needed to take more chances in that game and they didn't feel like they could or were willing to. And maybe, as you said, that was a coaching error, but, but, but I think, I think Zapp was, look, he exceeded expectations. I'd give him, I'd give him a B plus a minus for what he did, but, but, but I'm not, I'm not convinced in any way that he's their long-term solution at quarterback, even if Mac was to fall apart. I, I doubt it would be him that, that ends up being the next one. Yeah. And, and that's fair. I think there's still a lot, to be seen um you know there i don't i wouldn't be ready in any measure to to call him the next quarterback or to say that we should move on you know and i think it's a complete overreaction if people are saying that um Total but it looks it, it it looks like you know and i don't really know the severity with brian hoyer but it looks like we could be seeing zap for a few more games so maybe we will get some of those Possible. answers it's possible. And you know, what it really just says, Justin, and just again, I always like to think of the big picture. And what it really says is how desperate we are for a franchise quarterback. The fact that people are even so quick to just latch on to Bailey's app and be like, okay, he's the guy. You know, when Matt came in last year in his first game, uh, he played a pretty damn good game against Miami. I think he threw for 300 yards um, and really had them in a position to win that game. You know, um, my point being is that let's not forget what Mac did. And, and, and let's not forget that the book as an NFL quarterback is that you come in, nobody knows what you're good at, what you aren't good at. Right. Sometimes quarterbacks come in and they have success initially. And I think we're seeing this a lot with Mac now. And then defenses really begin to challenge their limitations. And to be a good quarterback in, in the NFL, you, you have to prove that you can overcome those challenges. And so like for Zap to come in and I mean, not totally crumble and look okay. That doesn't say to me, this guy's a franchise quarterback at all. I mean, it's going to take a much bigger body of work. I mean, look what Mac Jones did, 10-7, and seven, made the Pro Bowl, made the playoffs last year, still not convinced he's a franchise quarterback. So I, I, I would just caution, you know, to temper the enthusiasm on Zappi. But, but, I, but I do feel like he, he is probably going to be at least a worthy backup uh, based on what we've seen and, and may, may, may have a chance to be something more. I don't know. So let me, let me let me let me ask you this real quick before we move on. Would you rather see Hoyer or Zappi starting the remainder of the games while Mac is out? To be honest with you, if they're both healthy, I go Zappi. I really do. I I think I mean I go Zappi because I I love Hoyer, but I just as as like a coach and his role on the team I think is is valuable for what he brings to the locker room and and how he helps. But but I think that you know I just feel like. Zappi probably can do a little bit more out there right now. And don't forget one other key factor, which is Zappi has some mobility right. and Hoyer doesn't. And on this team, and we're going to talk about this offensive line in a second. In fact, that was going to be the, the next uh, subject. So um, maybe we can get into that, but this offensive line is, is bad. And, and, and Isaiah Wynn is a liability out there. It's not even that he's a disappointment. I mean, you can be a first round pick, be a disappointment and still be an okay player. Um, Isaiah Wynn is a total liability. He is good, Isaiah Wynn, for one or two penalties a game, one or two blown assignments a game, and one or two, three times a game where he just gets beat. He 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 single handedly kills 
four to six drives a game. You only get like 10, 11 possessions in a game, really typically, right? Isaiah Wynn's good for killing three to five-year possessions single-handedly every week. And we've seen that in the first three games. He absolutely sucks, and he should not see the field again this year unless they are 150% desperate. Um, what did you think about the offensive line play, Justin? And, of course, the benching of Isaiah Wynn for Marcus Cannon yesterday. I, I mean, they were a better offensive line when Cannon got in there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, uh, I think, look, the offensive line is something that I don't think any of us is surprised to see them still trying to, uh, to settle in, in terms of both, um, the right personnel groupings and, um, you know, consistent, uh, winning play, um, from your offensive line. I think, I think we, I think we were both kind of expecting it to be a little bit of a, uh, a rough patch or a learning curve. Um, and I think they're may potentially, you know, slowly improving, but like you said, there's still, uh, there's still a lot left to be desired. Right. I think Cole strange looked pretty good yesterday. I think, uh, he's, yeah. he's potentially a bright spot. You know, we, we had a lot of questions about him, you know, throwing him in, starting him off as a rookie, um, you know, the fact that he was a, a big reach in the draft, you know, um, so I, I, I'm actually, I'm happy to see that he's, he's starting to, uh, to emerge as, as a decent player. Um, so was it know, yesterday to end for Isaiah Wynn, you think, is, are we ever going to see Isaiah Wynn? Um, I mean, I hope so. I, I hope it's, it's the end for him. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's just uh, a total blown draft pick, right? Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's no shame in admitting it that you blew it and just move on. Like to keep trotting this guy out there. This offensive line has gotten two quarterbacks significantly hurt in three weeks. And don't forget, Mac had two injuries, right? So Mac got hurt in week one and week three. And now um, Hoyer in week four. I mean, I, I hope Bailey Zapp like, has, like, I don't know, disability insurance or, like, something. Like, you know, I, 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 I have, you know, I look across the line, right, and I see – Trent Brown, and he's, I think he's okay, and I think he's playing well. Strange has been good. Andrews is good. Okay, he's one of the best players on the team. And Owen Ayo has not been bad. He's, he's, he's had a few problems, but he hasn't been terrible, right? And Isaiah Wynn's been terrible, no question about it. But I look at them, and I see the problem with their offensive line as twofold. One is Isaiah Wynn is a total liability. He's a turnstile, and he's your weakest link. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Teams are attacking him. They know he's a problem. They're going after him, and it's killing them. Now, I think that's one problem. The second problem is they blow a lot of assignments. Their coaching on their offensive line is still subpar. Who's their offensive line coach? Oh, by the way, it's Matt Patricia. Oh, by the way, he's the offensive coordinator too. Oh, by the way, he's never done either job before. So, you know, they have a lot of issues on that side of the ball. But I guess my overall point is I don't think the problem is talent. I think you can plug and play someone in Isaiah Wynn's spot, whether it's Marcus Cannon, Yadni Kajus, someone you pick up off the street to trade for. And and I think if you could just put someone that was average, because Isaiah Wynn isn't even average, he's terrible, but someone average there, I, I and they could work out their kinks, I think they could be a pretty good line. We've seen flashes over the times right. this year. Yeah, no, we have. Um, and I mean, they... They actually moved the ball, I guess, decently on the grounds, right? Um, you know, they relied very heavily in the run, obviously, once Zappa came in. Um, and the run blocking was terrific. Right. That was, that's strength. Right. So, and, and I think that's that's what, that's the identity that they're trying to build around this team, right? Is like a smash mouth, ground and pound football team that can run it down your throat. And they have two, you know, um, two good backs in the, in, in the backfield that they can interchange. Um 
and they could run it down your throat. And so I, I, you know, that's good to see. But obviously, especially when you have young quarterbacks, especially um, when you have injuries under center, right? I think it's very important to uh, to improve that 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 passing block game. And you know, as of right now, there's still a lot to be desired. Absolutely, and it's like, look, you know, quarterbacks, whether it's Matt Jones or Bailey Zapp or whoever, you know, these are developing players, and they need some support. And you look at why this team isn't winning games. Well, Tom Brady was able to overcome a lot of mistakes, including offensive line mistakes. Not that they made them like this when he was here, because they didn't. But but when they did. He could make up for that. Well, when you've got Mac Jones or Bailey Zapp or Brian Hoyer, you have the other players on the team, they really have to play airtight. And that's not happening at all. I mean, the perfect example was yesterday, right? Bailey Zapp comes in. It's his first taking time taking a snap as an NFL quarterback. What happens on the first two plays? First play, Isaiah Wynn takes a false start. You already had bad field position. Now you get bumped back another five yards. Second play, Isaiah Wynn takes a holding penalty. That ended up getting declined, by the way. But it's like you can't make mistakes like that that are basic fundamental things that this team consistently makes now, especially on the offensive line. They make so many mistakes, miscommunications, blown assignments. I mean, from really the whole year, going back to last year, frankly, on – you can't make those mistakes and expect a young quarterback to be able to overcome that like a Tom Brady could. Yeah, no, I mean, hundred percent. There's not, there, we are in, in again, you know, we're beating a dead horse by saying it, but it's, it can't be lost that we are 100% seeing the effects of a Brady list, New England Patriots team. And I think to all of us, you know, some people might have realized it last season. Some people are just starting to realize it now. Some people still may not realize it um, until later on in the future. But I think we're all starting to figure out, like we were saying earlier today, that uh, it really was Brady's doing that that helped keep us, um, you know, not only competitive, but help us uh, stay at that high level. Of, of excellence and you know as much as you'd like to hold hold on to the fact that you know it, it was the coaching staff too and this this and that and the patriot way it's you know it's it's just really tough to to look in and in, in find solace in, in in a you know a shell of what we used to be i want to talk a little justin about the coaching yesterday and look you know I'm not an anti-Belichick guy. I'm a realist. That's what I would say because I was always a pro-Belichick guy until until a few years ago. Um, this is what I think about yesterday's game. You know, there was the the shadow, the the essence of a of a of a classic Patriots Belichick kind of game yesterday. Like like you know, you're never going to be like three and fourteen or something with Bill Belichick because he knows how to keep you close in the game. They're tough. They're physical. They do do a lot of, of, of smart things still, I feel like, at times. And Belichick has this way of just coaching a game so that he keeps a team in the game, right? And we saw this in 2020 where, let's face it, they probably had one of the worst rosters in the league, but they still managed to go 7-9 and nine with Cam Newton as their quarterback, right? Because Belichick, there is some brilliance to how he can still manage the X's and O's. And I think that for all that I criticize and complain about some of the things he's doing right now and some of the people that he's brought in here, I do think yesterday you were really, really able to see that, 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 that sort of Belichick way of keeping a game within reach and almost walking away with a victory 
it is absolutely one of his like trademark things. So, um, you know, look, I think that Belichick in his, there was way too many mistakes, which has been a trend for three years now, and they're still doing it. But I think in that game yesterday, there was like the essence of like classic Belichickian kind of keep it close and almost pull it out at the end type win. No, I mean, it, it was, but we didn't. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, again, that's, I don't want to get into like the, the moral victories and how close we came and what we, we, we started to see. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think that Belichick um, was awful yesterday. I actually don't even really think that the, that Patricia was necessarily awful yesterday either. It, uh, you know, I, I, I do think they could have been a little bit more aggressive with some of the play callings, but like, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't see enough. Um, I didn't see enough that I'm willing to say like, oh, okay, you know, Belichick's, he's still this, he's still that, everything's good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still very, very nervous. But, but that's like, but I guess what I'm saying is like, that, that's like the classic, like it go, really goes back to Super Bowl, um, the giants bill Super Bowl for 1991 which was before you were born. But like, you know, he has this way of just keeping his team in the game, generally speaking. And I think that, you know, no matter how bad it gets, they're always going to win like six or seven games just just because of that. And I thought that was really, you know, on display in full throat yesterday where, um, you know, like that game should have gotten out of hand. It should not have been as close as it was. He, he did do a decent job of, of, of he does do things a certain way. Like I still think for all I piss and moan about Belichick and, and, and you know, for all I have doubts about a lot of the things going on in this franchise, I don't doubt his ability to X's and O's wise, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, make a game plan that that puts his team in position to win a game, even when they're playing a superiorly talented opponent, which they were yesterday. Now, other side of the coin, you brought up Maddie Patricia. Let's talk about Maddie P. You know my feelings on him. I am think he's a dunce. I mean, I just think he, he doesn't know what he's doing, and he may figure it out but it might come at the cost of your season. Um, I, I did not think he was um, – I did not think he coached a really great game yesterday. I thought there were a lot of missed opportunities out there. I understand why they weren't being aggressive with Bailey's app, and I get it. They put him in position to not make mistakes, but they needed to make a couple plays to beat Aaron Rodgers, and they had chances to make those plays, and a lot of times they did not take them. Uh, I thought that in particular in overtime – to get the ball at the 50-yard line, and you need two first downs to get into cupcake field goal range. Yep. The wind at your back, by the way. And you don't take any chances. The play no. calling on that series was terrible. Brutal. It was abominable. Very frustrating. It, it was very frustrating. And to give the ball back to him, like, you kind of deserve to lose because you, you got a great stop. I wasn't upset, by the way, that they lost the coin flip because Me neither. I felt like – their best chance was to get a three and out, get the punt ball at midfield. I didn't, I just didn't see them likely driving the whole length of the field against the green Bay defense. At that point in the game, I felt like their best chance was to get a, get a punt at midfield, maybe get a decent punt return, sneak a couple first downs, long field goal, win the game. And that's exactly what was set up to happen. I, th- that's yeah, yeah. one or two they needed, but they really didn't even take a chance. Justin, no, and and that's exactly it, and that's um, that's exactly what I told Alyssa as well. I, when we you know we were watching the game, 
And I said the same thing you did. I, I was happy that we lost the toss. And then once we stopped him and went, you know, four and out, I was like, perfect. This is exactly, exactly the the game script in overtime for the Patriots to sneak out a win here. Because I was under the same impression. It would have been asking for a lot for them to drive down and score a touchdown in their first possession. I would have much rather the defense get out there first and, and you know, put them in a good spot to, uh, to just need a field goal. And then again, like you said, just no chances taken like whatsoever. And then I believe too, you know, you had it. Um, am I mistaken that, you know, it, it could have been a, I don't know, like it was like what fourth and like three, fourth and four. It was fourth and five, fourth and five. And, okay. And you're saying they probably should have, could have gone for it, which I actually think you could argue. Absolutely. They could have, but to right. me, I look at that series. Okay. They ran the ball on first down. And they got five yards, which I thought was terrific because Green Bay had like nine guys in the box. Right. I mean, they knew you were running the ball. You walk away with five yards. That's a huge win. To me, at that point, if if you're the offensive coach of this team, you're coaching three plays to get five yards. You're going – you know what I mean? You're, you're going for it on fourth down. So you have to factor that into your math. And if you want to take one chance downfield – and I said this at the time. You can ask my wife. Second and five is the time you throw the ball with Bailey's app. That's when you take a chance because they're not expecting a pass or or they're not expecting it as much. When you put him into third and five, now they think you're going to have to pass the ball. That was the play. They should have run the ball. Run the ball on third and five because if you get three yards, you got fourth and two, and you can make a, a legitimate argument that you go for that in that situation. You could make a legitimate, legitimate argument. You go for it on fourth and five, as you said. They chose to play it super conservative there. They really didn't take a chance on first or second down, and 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 then they give up the ball back to Rodgers on fourth down when when they quite easily could have gone for that. Yeah, I, I, and that's one of the reasons why it's so frustrating because you look at it and you think that like, look, this they actually did put themselves in the position to win this game, and. You couldn't have asked for it to go any better um, with the way overtime was going. You know what I mean? The defense came out, looked dominant. Um, And then I think the part that really angered me at the time was that it felt like you were playing the game not – you weren't playing the game to win it. You were playing to try to not to lose it. You know what I mean? Like if that that makes sense? Like you were playing for a tie or you were were just hoping – that something, you know, would a miracle would happen and, and, and go in your favor. But you didn't actually do anything to go out there and try to take the game and win it once you had the opportunity. And that was really, uh, really what didn't sit well with me. No question about it. They, they, as they say, you know, fortune favors the bold. Um, I get protecting Bailey's app. I think overall they did a really good job of that. But there just had to be another place or two where they took a chance. And you know what, Justin, maybe it blows up in their face if they do that, but, but you, you lost either way. And I don't think you're, you know, everything went right. Like you said, in so many ways from getting the pick six to overtime and just a lot of things in the middle went, went really well. Rogers was ice cold for a huge chunk of that game. Um, drop touchdown in the end zone that could have easily put you in a tough spot. You don't even make it to overtime. A lot of things went right and they still couldn't win the game. So what does that tell you? It tells you that they really needed to make a couple more plays in order to be in position to actually win the game, not just be close. Um, and, and I think that, that that probably was what I would say would be one criticism of what they did from the coaching perspective yesterday. Okay, I want to talk about a couple specific players just quick and then we're going to go around the league. I know we're on a bit of a time uh, crunch Justin, um, 
before we do that, though, let, let's just talk quick about the defense. I think, again, different takes for me and you, I think, on the defense. I, I really can't say that was a great defensive performance. Again, it's possible to exceed expectations and still not be great. And I think that's what yesterday was. The defense played much better than I thought, and they made a huge play, a pick six. That was an awesome play. But when it really come down to it, they they gave up two huge drives in the third quarter that, that, that allowed Green Bay to retake the lead. They had the lead several times in this game, and that is the same thing that happened last week. It's a trend with this team. If you go back, we talked about this last year, all seven games they lost last year, short of the playoff loss to Buffalo. But in the regular season, all seven games that they lost, they had a chance to get back in the game, make a key stop, and they couldn't do it. And we're seeing it again this year. Sometimes they play good. They seem to make a lot of big game-changing plays, turnovers, um, interceptions, stuff like that. But when it really comes down to key spots and getting a stop, it feels like they still really struggle. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's one of those things where when you're playing against someone like Aaron Rodgers, you know, you held him at bay, right? You you got to pick six on him, which, you know, you, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at protecting the ball. He does not turn the ball over much at all. Um, and I think, in fact, you know, he has a historically high touchdown interception ratio looking, you know, backed out his career. And to, to that point, you know, you got a turnover on Rodgers. You, uh, you kept him in bay a lot of times. You got pressure on him. You sacked him a few times. You know, you really, you really kind of kept them in check. The fact that on a few drives, you know, he was able to get out there and do his thing and kind of beat you, you know, while it's obviously not ideal and it helped them, you know, it helped the Packers win the game. I don't know if I'm ready to like give the defense crap for that because it's like, you know, you're, you're going against one of the all time greats in green Bay. Um, it's, I think it's a lot to ask for that. You know, you keep him in check 100% of the game, you know, the entire time. I think like, I, I think we, we could look at it and say the fact that, um, you know, they only really, did that on a, you know one or two drives was actually a, a positive for us. So I'm not you know I I don't really again I don't really want to blame the defense for this. I I think it's on the offense. It's on the play calling. And again, it's you know with the offense, it's it's tough because like we said, you know you have Bailey Zap, you have a third string quarterback in there. You're limited in what you can do. But by the same token. I just don't understand, you know, I know you're limited, but it was the play calling to me was just absolutely egregious. And I think you should have been able to well, try. Well, let's to put, put it this up. way. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll agree with this, but the defense played, played good, but they needed to play better to win given the circumstances in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like they needed a little bit, just a little bit better just a little bit better to, to go out there and win with a rookie third string quarterback against that team and that situation, you know, and it just feels like that we're saying that a lot, you know, it, it feels like whatever that bar or that threshold is with this defense, they play not terrible, but they always seem to come just a little bit short in some of these games. Um, let's talk about Nelson Aguiar, Justin. Um, what did you think about that? Was that a drop or a bad throw on the one over the middle there? It was kind of an important play. I think it was a third down. Uh, Zappi had him over the middle. Um, you put that on Aguiar or Zappi? Uh, I, you know, I think we talked about that. I think it was a little bit of both, right? I think it, it could, could the throw have been a little better? 
Yes, but was it a catchable ball that you got to come up with? Definitely. And to be fair, fifty million dollar receiver, right? But but and to be fair too, you know, I I watched that play again. You know, he was over the middle. He had a guy. You know, on 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 his hip, uh, on his hip to the left, kind of trailing him like one step behind him. He had another guy closing in on him from the right hand side. You know, kind of ready to to sandwich him. Um, and then there was there was help. I think they they had a safety um, behind him. So it was like, you know, Zap kind of put the ball where only Aguilar could get to it. You know what I mean? Like the throw could have potentially been a little better, but that also would have given those defenders a chance to maybe make a play on it. So like it wasn't the most catchable ball, but it was catchable only for Aguilar. And I think that's, you know, that, that was kind of what I was saying when I, what, what I texted you the other day is that like, you know, I, I thought that was a, a decent throw by Zap putting it where only his receiver had a chance to make a play in Aguilar. I think as a like you said, as a $50 million receiver, um, he should have been able to come up with that. I mean, honestly, like I see, I I put the responsibility 50-50 for that one, I guess, because I think I don't think it was a good throw. I think I think he he rifled the ball into the ground. It was low. It was way. There was no touch. It was he had he had a little bit of space there. He had the whole middle of the field open. You got to throw that ball. Uh, that's a catchable ball, and that was not a catchable ball. It, he he rocketed that thing low into the ground. All that said. When you get two hands or when it goes right in between your numbers on the chest and you're a $50 million wide receiver, you have to make that play. And I think that, you know, you look across the league Sunday to Sunday, wide receivers all across this league are making catches like that for their quarterback. Not every single pass is going to be perfect. At the end of the day, if the quarterback delivers a catchable ball, even if it's not a great or ideal throw, it's your job as an NFL receiver, especially one that is making that kind of money on that kind of contract to make a play. And, you know, again, third, third round, third, third string quarterback in there. You want to win this game. Other guys have to step up and make plays. That was a makeable play by Aguiar. So I, 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 do I think it was a great throw? No. Is it kind of what I would expect a rookie third string quarterback to make some throws like that, especially on his first you know, couple of passes in the league. Yes. And I think, I think that he, I, and I think that Aguia really had to bail him out there and did it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I agree. I, 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 like I said, it wasn't the perfect throw, but you got to make that catch. Um, and again, that's, that's the difference between, uh, you know, guys like Aguilar and guys that you'd see in some of these other teams. Um, you know, the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, the Cooper Cups, guys like that that are coming up with that catch, you know, nine out of ten times, if not ten out of ten times. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And it goes back to the whole personnel thing. We're not going to go down that road right now. But it's true. I mean, bad, bad signing, disappointing signing, a um, lot of money. Consistently make plays and certainly had a chance to make one yesterday and did it. Um, what do you think about Jack Jones? If there's one thing Belichick is really good at, it's finding defensive backs in the middle to late rounds of the draft. He does it consistently throughout his career. Patriots might have something here. I mean, he looked pretty damn good, made a huge play on Aaron Rodgers. Um, but but I thought overall he was pretty solid uh, subbing for uh, for Jalen Mills yesterday. Yeah, he did. Um, he did. He did look good. I actually our our, our defensive backs and you know uh, I, that's kind of a bright spot. I think right. Like I am. I am actually kind of happy with how he how we drafted like I, I like our rookies i think cole strange looking pretty good i think jack jones looking good marcus jones also looks pretty good too um 
I'm yeah. I'm, I'm they've, just, had, they've actually had two two or three decent drafts in a row. Yeah, which which is desperately needed, you know. But I agree, the secondary is holding up quite well. I mean, look, even Jonathan Jones has been has been really solid. Um, you know, he gave up a touchdown yesterday. I'm not sure what you can do about a pass when it's that perfectly thrown, a route that perfectly run. You know, I, I really have a hard time blaming Jones. I think Jones overall has been a bright spot on this team. secondary though and i'm hoping that marcus jones can kind of step up so we don't have to see him as much i mean miles bryant is is, is definitely you know i mean i know he's out there with the big boys right now but kind of feels like he's not really he maybe he's more jv than varsity if you know what i mean yeah yeah no i i i, I get what you're saying i do but um but overall i do think we have a nice young crop of talent coming in that you know and i'm looking forward to seeing how they develop over the rest of the year because they're going to get a chance to play I don't think the secondary, I was really concerned in the preseason, the secondary was going to be a major weak spot for this team. And I don't think that anymore. I mean, the secondary is going to be good enough. And I think they will develop as the year goes on. And the only game I'm even worried about them is the Buffalo games. I was going to be worried about that, whether they had JC Jackson, whether they didn't, because Josh Allen was terrific. Um, Justin, let's look across the other side of the field. Um, Aaron Rodgers, what a strange, looked like he didn't want to be on the field. I mean, that was a really bad performance. Obviously he turned it on in the second half and he played quite well, actually in the second half, made some big time throws, but he kept the Patriots in this game with how bad he played in the first half. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I think he, uh, you know, you can kind of just tell, and I think they're starting to get it together a little bit. Um, you know, his, his receivers, I think they're, you know, you're starting to see that guy, uh, uh, Dubs, he's he's emerging a little bit. Lazard, now that he's healthy, he's having an impact. You know, Randall Cobb, Cobb looks like a younger version of himself. We saw Christian Watson um, on an end around getting involved, right? So, like, their their receivers are starting to to kind of come into form, and that offense is starting to figure it out a little bit. But I think he's definitely uh, very annoyed at the fact that you know he's 38 years old at the end of his career. They you know they br- brought him back on a big deal and. Uh, he's kind of in a similar boat where he's doesn't have any studs or stars, a couple rookies and he's adjusting too. And I, and I think he's just, I think he's fed up. We've seen them make mistakes, drop balls over the first couple of weeks. Um, that, that Packers offense hasn't looked like what they normally do. And I think, uh, I think Rogers is just frustrated. I re- I, you know, I really think he, uh, he's a little, uh, he's a little aggravated with his young guns. Yeah, I mean, that, that may be the case. And they certainly looked out of sync uh, in the first half. But but I just feel like Rodgers, you know, he certainly, I mean, he looked, it didn't look like it was all the young wide receivers in the first half. Like, he looked like he was a big part of the problem. Um, and and it, look, I mean, to his credit, he turned it on in the second half. And he really made three amazing throws that changed that game. Um, there was the one where he was rolling out to his left on third down. He dropped that dime about 20 yards downfield. Uh, Jonathan Jones was tight coverage. I don't know if you know which one, recall which one I'm talking about. Um, he threw an amazing pass to Lazard that was, again, nothing you can do about it. Total dime for the touchdown. And then was it Dobbs that dropped the one in the end zone? Yeah, you yeah. Know, he that dropped, was, that, was, that, that was, would have been his second one on the day. Yeah, he dropped that. That would have been his second one. That, that was a freaking dime. And, like, that, that, there was, like, you know, if he, if he hits – if he catches that ball, which he really should have, the Patriots got very lucky that the ball popped out on the way down. 
But if he catches that ball, this game doesn't even go to overtime. So um, Rodgers is a mercurial player. He, 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 uh, he definitely is still a unique talent. He throws the ball as well as anyone who's ever played the game still. And at the end of the day, he made a few plays that won the game. But, but, but I also believe that if he comes out and if he's mentally more ready and focused and plays better in the first half, Green Bay should have won this game by, by 14 points, if not more. All right, Justin, let's, let's take it around the league. And do you have any more thoughts about the Patriots and the, um, and the, uh, the Packers game? Or I, I want to bring up a few things around the NFL before we uh, wrap it up. Uh, no, again, nothing that we haven't already said, just, um, you know, a couple bright spots, but overall very frustrating. And, um, you know, it just, le- it just leaves you with a bitter taste in your mouth Monday morning, but you know, on to next week, you got the lions coming into town, um, who look pretty good. They can put up points. Um, but we'll see what happens. It, you know, that's your opportunity to, uh, to get back in the wind column and start to turn things around. Let's talk, Justin, about the Bills Ravens game. Um, did you did you watch any of that game at one o'clock yesterday? Uh, I did actually, yeah. And I, I had the you Ravens know, in a parlay, and I was very happy when they were out to a twenty to three lead. I wish I I, I would have absolutely loved to have taken all those Bills uh, plays at the. I knew the Bills were going to come back and win that game, when, especially when they scored before the half. Uh, you can see it coming, but I, as I'm watching that game, you know, I just get the sense. I mean, Josh Allen is so good right now, and he reminds me of Cam Newton, but he actually throws the ball better than Newton ever did. Um, he also is mobile. He's big. He's fast. He really is like the, the complete and total package. And as I'm watching some of the things he did in that game, he made a few terrific plays, a few terrific runs. Kind of, And that wasn't even far from his best game, by the way, because he also had some bad plays. But I'm like, it is kind of hopeless for the Patriots, you know, or does it feel like it's hopeless? I mean, when you have a player that's that good in your division, as, as the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins can certainly attest to, it just, you're at a huge disadvantage, you know, especially when it's a quarterback in the NFL. Um, is Josh Allen going to dominate this division for the next 10 years, no matter what the Patriots do, Justin? It feels like that, right? It, it, it really does. Because, I mean, look, this is just a guy that, look, he's a dual threat. Um, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's a hell of a competitor. Uh, he just seems to have all the intangibles, right? I mean, yeah, he's he, he's a dominant force. He, he really is. And I think, you know, the, the whole Buffalo rebuild kind of started with him. Um, and I, I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, look, the only thing I'll say is he's he's not going to stay this mobile forever. Right. I mean, he's going he's gonna to lose some of his mobility, just like Cam Newton did, and, and everyone else does. But, but I mean, he's still going to be a great player just like Lamar Jackson is, even when he loses, like we talked about last week, even when he loses some mobility, Allen's still going to be a great player. But for these next two or three years, when you watch this guy, he, he is just a really special player. And, and I think that, you know, what he, what he can do physically, I'm not sure I've ever seen um, a quarterback that ha- that has the kind of physical skill set that, that he has in terms of just the combination of size, speed, mobility, and the arm strength. I mean, he's got like Drew Bledsoe's arm, but he's got Cam Newton's legs. It, it's 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 no wonder that that he really is, you know, that that he's really changed that franchise, and and, and the Bills are a different team now because of the player that he's become. Um, what did you think about Harbaugh's decision to not kick the game-winning field goal? I'm guessing that wasn't a popular decision for you based on based on what you're telling me. <laughs> no, definitely uh, definitely not a popular decision. And you saw it too. Um, 
on the sidelines. Marcus Peters, their their star, you know, cornerback. He they got into it, uh, Harbaugh and him, because I think there were a lot of players and a lot of fans um, who are feeling the same way, and that's that you know a stupid decision um, cost the Ravens that game. And we've seen the game too- was tied at that point, right? It was a twenty to twenty game, mm-hmm. right? And they had a fourth fourth and goal at the two, right? And we've seen. Um, here's the one thing I will say about that is that if you're going to do something like that, at least be consistent about it. And they are consistently making that decision going back, you know, through the first three games of this year, dating back to last year and in previous seasons, Harbaugh and Lamar are aggressive. They go for it on fourth down. They make questionable, uh, calls and decisions, Sometimes, regardless of where they are in the field, whether that's you know the red zone, midfield, on in their own territory, you know we've seen it countless times. Um, it was at, you know you know so at least they consistently do it. That's what they've chosen. They've said, hey, we have enough confidence in ourselves. I have enough confidence in my young quarterback. We have enough talent that that's going to be the team. You know that's going to be our, our identity. We're going to be an aggressive team. We're going to go for it. We're going to elect to try to always put up more points when we can. Um, and they consistently do that. Sometimes it works out, and then in cases like that, when it doesn't, you know, everybody questions you. Everybody's pissed off. Yada yada. Um, well, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's being aggressive though, and there's being stupid. I mean, there I mean is. I, I, you know, I'm all for being aggressive. Fourth and two on the 35 yard line is one thing in the third quarter. Going for that, I mean, that that's that's something that traditionally you kick. But I, okay, now this new wave of of being aggressive, you go for things like I get it. That's that's great. I mean, you can argue that either way. How do you argue that you don't kick a go ahead field goal with 10 minutes left in the game on a fourth down? I, I I just I just don't see the logic in it. I mean, to me, it was it was it was beyond aggressive. It was reckless. It was stupid, and it cost them. Who knows? I mean, did it cost them the game? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. But 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 I just don't think it makes it made any sense. I really don't. No, and uh, this is now. I mean, this is going to be something to watch for because this is now two big leads that the Ravens have blown uh, against. You know, point. against good teams, right? And I think even going back to last season, this was a Ravens team that, you know, throughout the whole first half of last season, and granted, last season they had a lot of injuries they were dealing with, but this was a team that won a lot of games by way of big comebacks and lost a lot of games by way of big comebacks. So this, this is a team that, you know, has had trouble, um, you know, holding on to and securing big leads. Um in so so you know I, I I it was it was funny I was watching it and just you know that's always in the back of my mind when I watch these Ravens and they got off to that twenty to three lead and I said to myself I said you know everything's going the Ravens way the defense is clicking they look great you know they're they're dominating on all sides of the ball here and I know it's not over and sure as shit it wasn't over um and 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 that's what happens sometimes and partly and you know sometimes that can be attributed to stupid calls and stupid decisions that that help you blow, uh, blow leads and, and blow games like that. And that's what we kind of saw. You know, you had, you had Josh Allen in the bills on the ropes. Uh, you let him back into the second half and then you compounded that with, with stupid uh, mistakes and decisions. And now that's two big games that you've lost to AFC opponents, AFC East opponents too. And as Patriots fans, boy, wouldn't it have been great to have the dolphins and bills each take an L to the Ravens, right? Like you needed that. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, you did. Absolutely, so. you did. It would have been. It would have been great. Now, um, what about um, 
let's go around the league because one of the funny things that I think is happening right now is that there are a lot of teams that that look like they might be better with their backup quarterbacks. I mean, this is yeah. kind of crazy how it's all happened at once. Let's go rapid fire through them, Justin. What about the Saints? So the Saints better off with Andy Dalton. I mean, I, I love Jameis Winston. I had high expectations for him this year. They haven't borne out. He looks like the same player he was in Tampa Bay, which is just like a guy that makes plays, but a guy that makes too many mistakes to to to, to balance it out. And and really, I feel like with Dalton, you just bring someone in there. He doesn't do anything special, but he doesn't sell the farm. You know, he doesn't throw three picks in a game. He he, he takes a few plays when they're there. And and he, the Saints look like a better team against a really good Minnesota team on Sunday. Could have easily won that game. Are the Saints better off with Andy Dalton? Uh, as their quarterback? Yeah, I mean, real quick, you know, look, I, I was all about Jameis getting his opportunity to to start this year and, and you know, have his chance to kind of re- reclaim his starting quarterback, uh, starting quarterback role. Um, but then the first three games, the offenses looked absolutely awful. He's looked absolutely awful. And you couple that with the fact that, you know, I'm sure this is the large cause of it. Um, he has four broken bones in his back. So between uh, the four broken bones in his back, the way he's looked in the first three games, um, and his his history to be uh, you know as a volatile quarterback, yeah, I think you got to go with Andy Dalton right now. I I, I really do. I, I agree, hundred percent. Roll roll with Dalton. He, he's not going to sell the farm, and that's a good team. They they are a good team. They are, and, and they will win games if Dalton just just keeps them in them. How about the Cowboys? I think this one's a little tr- trickier with yeah. Cooper Rush. I mean, they they played really well Cooper Rush is a quarterback but I've, I've always been a big Dak Prescott fan I feel like Prescott has another level it can bring that franchise to a, another level that that Rush would just not be able to take him to you have to go back to Dak Prescott or or, or not yeah I, I say go back to Dak Prescott look I actually do really like Cooper Rush I think he's good and I think he probably does deserve a chance to be a starting quarterback somewhere in the NFL uh, but the Dallas Cowboys issues have not been Dak Prescott. When he's healthy, uh, they win games because of him. They're competitive because of him. He's not their problem. You know what I mean? So when he's healthy yeah. and he's able to get back in there, you got to get you got to put him back in. What did you think about Zach Wilson yesterday, Justin? Uh, he, he just – I think he got lucky. I mean, that I think, game was like a game of hot potato, right? Right. Each quarterback was like trying to hand the game to the other team. And at the end of the day, Kenny Pickett just made more mistakes than Zach Wilson, and the Jets were able to win that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, 100%. Look, Zach Wilson still – he didn't impress me at all yesterday. I still think um, – that the, the, the Jets are going to have to get ready to swallow their pride and move on from him if they if they want a chance to uh, to rebuild that franchise. He's not the he's not the guy, um, and it, there's just nothing about him that really impresses me. I'm I, you know I'm done giving him a chance. I know you know we've seen guys like Trevor turn it around um, and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I, I don't at this point I'm not holding out hope for Zach Wilson. Um, I think you know we've seen him be a little injury prone. Um, we've seen him just be super inconsistent uh, and not be able to to take care of the ball. I'm I'm out on Zach Wilson. I think you gotta, uh, you know, for optics maybe you let him play a few more games, but I think eventually you got to go back to to Flacco and then prepare next season 
to uh, to bring I mean, somebody else. He in. hit a few passes, and it's like it's like people get so gaga because like these guys don't totally suck. But I mean, you know, but, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's nowhere near a franchise quarterback. You know, he's well into his second year. I know he was injured. Um, I don't think he really did a ton to win that game. I just think Kenny Pickett did a ton to lose it, and and that's and and, and handed them on the platter. Now, what was your take on Pickett? You've been pro him from from the preseason. Um, got a, got off to a tough start in his first game, but I don't know if that's a surprise. Three interceptions right off the bat. Um, thoughts on Kenny Pickett and Steelers quarterback room? Yeah, uh, look, I think it was a mistake not starting Pickett from day one. Um, I didn't understand why you, you know, you went with Trubisky as your guy. Um, you know, he got, he got thrusted in there. Um, and I, and I don't actually, that first interception, I don't think was his fault. I think Chase Claypool could have came up with that. That was actually a pretty good, uh, ball that he threw. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it was tough. It, it was a tough start for the, for the kid, but I actually do have confidence in Kenny Pickett. I like the way he throws the ball. Um, and I think that if he settles in and starts, you know, getting game reps and, you know, taking reps in practice as the, the QB1 and, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable, I think we will see him eventually um, become a serviceable starting quarterback and maybe even a good starting quarterback. All right, three more quick one-minute topics, and we're going to wrap it up. Actually, no, four more. I take that back. Quick ones, though, okay? Giants are three and one. What an indictment on Joe Judge. I mean, just to tie it back to New England, right? Does this speak bad of what Joe Judge did in, in, in New York, the fact that Brian Dable has got off to such a good start? Partially. The other thing I'll say, too, is that, you know, the Giants haven't had a healthy Saquon the last two seasons, right? Maybe even three. I, I would have to double-check that. But Saquon looks like a demon this year. He's the RB1 in the year, um, and he's running it ferociously, um, that's obviously a piece that I think would have helped Joe judge on this giants team in years past, win some games. You know, they've also had a kind of a cupcake schedule to start the season out. Well, that's it. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest factor. They've had right. a cupcake schedule and they, and they, you know, that that's why, they, but, but they have a cupcake schedule all year. Right. Right. So, so that, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I, I would have to see, um, again, I think having a difference maker, you know, healthy, like Saquon Barkley, that you can run an offense around because, you know, he can catch the ball too. You know, you, you can build an offense around him. That's obviously a big advantage that Joe Judge really didn't have for a couple of years. Um, but, you know, I and, and again, the schedule has been easy. So I'm going to have to see a few more games. Um, but it very well could wind up being an indictment on Joe Judge if the, the Giants turn out to be legit. I don't think they are, but the, you know, the, the book, you know, the verdict's not out yet. They, they might not be, and they might still be like seven and three, though. I mean, that, that's right. how easy their schedule right. is. And so that, that's that's the thing. Whether, whether it's actually fact-based or not, that's definitely going to be a narrative coming up in the next few weeks. I also have to say, just very quickly, those old Giants uniforms, oh, my God, they're beautiful. I might become a Giants fan if they kept wearing those things. I love those. I do those like those, yeah. Blue, classic blue Giants uniform. They're beautiful. All right, um, num- next one. Trevor Lawrence, right? Let's yeah. just pump the brakes. I know, I know he looks better. This guy was supposed to be the next Andrew Luck. Uh, people are going, you know, in circles because he's been respectable this year. And I think that's 
great progress for him. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't think anyone should be claiming victory on Trevor Lawrence right now. Just we may, we may end up eating crap on him. In fact, I will eat a crap on him because I know that he's not going to be a total bust. I mean, he's showing that, you know, he's making progress and he's going to be respectable, but, but let's not forget what we were sold on him either, that he was Andrew Locke, that he was John Elway. He was a once a 20 years kind of player. And even though look, they've won a couple games, they obviously lost yesterday. He looks better. Trevor Lawrence is, is not anywhere near what, what we were sold that he was yet. So, no. and I'm not sure he's ever going to get there. So let's see if he, he turns into a decent quarterback, good for him, good for the Jaguars. Um, he's got a long way to go before he touches the pre-draft hype. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yesterday was a very good pump the brakes moment for, for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. They look good, right? Got off to a 14, nothing league. Uh, Turned the ball over a couple times. Right, right. Um, but then Lawrence, I think he had what? Uh, I think he had like five total turnovers. I think he had like three fumbles and two picks, something crazy yeah. like that. Um, right. You know what I mean? So he has looked good through the first three games, but you know that that's always a possibility, right? When the defense gets tough or the weather gets tough, is this a guy that's going to absolutely implode and be the reason why you lose, right? Because he is the reason why the Jaguars lost that game. They were, they, they, you know, if he came in and played a decent game, they were fully ready to, uh, to go in and upset Philly. Um, but look, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going completely back on the fact, you know, I'm, I'm not back where I was on Trevor Lawrence coming into the year saying he's, he's an awful bottom tier quarterback. But after the first couple of games this season, everybody was ready to announce, oh, Trevor Lawrence has arrived in the scene. You know what I mean? This is, this is the guy everybody was expecting. And I think we need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Absolutely, pump the brakes on that. I mean, let's let let's just hold hold on. I mean, I mean, just remember what Andrew Luck did in like his first two years in the league. Like he threw like forty touchdowns, you know, like five thousand yards. I mean, there's no, there's no comparison. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, my thing with Lawrence is like, look, you know, maybe he turns into a good quarterback. Maybe he doesn't. He's not generational. No. He hasn't shown he's generational. And, and just because they respectable that doesn't mean he's, he's anything more than, than, than an average quarterback. Um, and, and that's, and that's the point I'm making. Um, okay. Uh, last one. Then we're going to talk about the game next week quickly. And then we're done. Brady bucks, man. Now I called the bucks would be one and three after four games. I was one game off They're two and two, but they just don't look that good. Um, it just seems like they're totally out of sync. Um, their offense woke up last night. Their defense played terrible. The first, you know, a couple games their their defense played well. Their offense played terrible. That Bucks team going anywhere this year, Justin, or, or they look like they're dead in the water. I can tell you one problem they have. Their offensive line is a big problem. Yeah, their offensive line is a big problem. I know they're still having some health issues with that guy, Donovan Smith, their left tackle. Um, you know, they're still trying to get some of those receivers back and healthy. I do think this is a Bucks team that's going to continue to get better as the season goes along. Um, but I don't think this is the Super Bowl caliber team that we saw two years well, why ago. Why do you think they're going to get better, Justin? Just out of curiosity. I think, they, I, well, I, I think they're going to get better because I do I do actually think they have um, a decent defense, you know, just, just personnel-wise. I think that's a, that's a defense that can go out there and play well. I mean, obviously Mahomes and the Chiefs are – it's a tough offense to stop. They didn't look so great last night. Um, but I think, I think this is a team that, again, has been – bitten by the injury bug pretty heavily, right? You know, like we said, with their offensive line, um, you know, their left tackle and their center, they've had injuries there. Um, their receiving core, you know what I mean? They, they, Mike Evans just got back. He was suspended. Uh, Julio Jones um, is still out with, with, with injuries. Chris Godwin just got back um, 
you know, they they were missing him. They lost Rob Gronkowski, so they you know they're waiting for Cameron Brait or one of these other tight ends to kind of um, to fill in and, and and get situated in that role. So I think this is a team that as they get healthier, they're going to put up more points. Um, I think that defense, you know, against most teams will hold up fairly well. Uh, but I I get I don't think that they're going to be a dominant world beater like they were. If you if you had asked me last last week, I mean, I would have said that the defense was the calling card in that Buccaneers team. Like that's why they're going to be good because their defense is good and their offense doesn't have to be great. So right. for them to go out and get trounced last night, I know it's Kansas City, who, who's I think obviously you know terrific still and, and right at the top of the yeah um, NFL. I mean, no question about that team. They're not they're not losing a beat without. Uh, Tyreek Hill, because um, they still have Patrick Mahomes, you know, but but take that all with a grain of salt. But but to be trounced like that uh, on defense, I expected more from that Tampa D. If that Tampa team is going anywhere, it's going to be because their D takes them there. It's, it's They don't have the horses on offense. I mean, they have Brady, and that makes you a good offense by definition. But but I just feel like they got a lot of old guys. they got a lot of skeleton crew type people they've got a couple guys coming off injury with injury problems um i don't i don't think they have and they have a huge hole in the offensive line or several they have big issues on their offensive line so it's going to be their defense that takes them anywhere and if their defense can't play against a team like kansas city after they play like they did last night um i don't that means they're going nowhere all right justin let's uh let's wrap it up before we do a couple quick thoughts on the lions game this week i mean this is this is a frightening game to me because i i can't see even with Mac Jones, I'd have a hard time seeing this Patriots team score, you know, 30, 35 points. And this Lion team is putting up big, big points. And I, I they, they have some talented people on offense. And Jared Goff will make mistakes, but he's also going to make plays. Uh, I'm a little concerned about this game. If, if I'd love it if Mac was healthy enough to play. And I think there's a chance he, he will play based on what we saw last week because this could be a great opportunity for him to get some momentum, you know, against a really – historically bad Lions defense. I mean, you look at the numbers, historically bad. But if you got Bailey Zapp in there or Brian Hoyer, are you going to be able to put up 35, 40 points required to, 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 to stop this Lions team? Because they look like they're, they're even a bad performance. They might still be able to score 24, 28 points. The Patriots don't score that many points that often. No, yeah, that's that, – I mean, that's the, that's the issue, right, is like, you know, this – this is a Lions defense that can easily be taken advantage of by a good offense. But right now, you know, our offense is really struggling. We don't know who's going to, who the quarterback is going to be. Um, and we're just struggling to put up points in general. But like you said, the Lions, uh, you know, even yesterday without guys like um, Amon Russ St. Brown, who was, you know, their, their emerging young stud, you know, DeAndre Swift, who I think is one of the best running backs in the league, they were both out and they still hung like 43 points. I think it was 45 points um, in that game the other day. So like, this is a team that they can be explosive. They can put up points. Um, and if we're not able to put up points with them, then, you know, it, it, it could get ugly fast. And, you know, I, I have to say, while we're not ready to to close the book on, you know, this season and this team and this franchise just yet. I mean, there's a lot of football to be played. If you, you know, lose at home to the lions and go one and four, I think that just might, you know, meta. I think that just might put the whole well, like kibosh on, on, on everything that's going on right now. That, that's, that's true. That's true. And I, and I, I think this would be just a devastating loss. And I, and I think if they were to lose this game, I think you really almost like, 
you're looking towards 2023. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like right. this year, not to say the season's 100% over, but if you're one and four, you just lost to the Lions. It's it's hard to see a path forward from that. Um, I, I think you got to control the clock. I think you got to run the ball, which which this team Patriots team can can do. Uh, I think you got to hope for a couple turnovers, um, make plays when they're there. Don't fall behind because you're not going to be able to, to fall if you fall down 17 or 14 points. You know. I think it's going to be hard for this team to come back, but I feel like at home you come out, run the ball, make some plays on defense. Um, there's no reason why why they, they can't beat this team, even if they do give up a lot of yards. And, and then that's the other thing, red zone defense, right? Like the Lions are probably going to move the ball, but they're mistake prone, stop them in the red zone and their drives with turnovers. I think that's the path to victory, even with a backup quarterback potentially in there. But any other thoughts, Justin, before we wrap it up for the week? No, you know, um, yeah, just, you know, interesting, uh, obviously Patriots right now, bottom of the division, right? We talked about that ad nauseum, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to see that, you know, the, you even got the jets with the better record. Um, you know, just a couple of the other teams we, 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 you know, I was definitely wrong. The chiefs are definitely still, um, a force to be reckoned with. They're not going anywhere. Broncos disappointing. Um, the uh, one team that I was right about, and you know, they may not look great, but, uh, they are still, uh, you know, they're, they're winning games. And I do think they can win that division is the Minnesota Vikings. They squeaked out a tough one in London against the saints. Um, that's a team that's three and one now, I believe. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I, there's going to be a lot to watch out for, but big game coming up against the lions. Like we said, I think it's a must win. Um, and it's, we're going to learn a lot and I'm going to be very interested to see over the next coming, you know, next couple of days who we're going to see under center for the Patriots. Yep, it will be interesting to see, and I'm hoping Mac will be playing because I think that you know that that will be a great thing. The, the sooner he gets on the field, the better for this for this franchise, in my opinion. And let's just see; it's it's time to see what we got with him and and see if he can salvage this year and the season and, and get this team where it needs to be. Yep. But I think that's all the time we have, buddy. So I'm going to wrap it up. I want to say thank you to everybody that listened to this week's episode of the Doctor Football Podcast. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the games, enjoy the week, and stay safe out there. Be good, everyone.